Have you heard of the Bellsmith? If not, you need to check them out. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram. They make the most unique bells. I currently have them making one for me and my son after our trip to Omaha. They are known for making the most unique bells for supporting the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They have a line of game day bells, plus their premium artillery, grand slam, lefty, pirate, swashbuckler, and junction bells. So check them out today and get your custom-made bell. All right, boys. So you know I've struggled with pain. You know I've struggled with weight loss. You know I've struggled with anxiety. And you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary, pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Welcome, everybody, to the In Off The Bench podcast. My name is Jim Cross, and I am being joined tonight by Mike Hughes of the All Sports All Plays Network. And this is episode four titled Grind of the Dog. And that is because we are being joined by Mississippi State Bulldog pitcher Preston Johnson. We really look forward to tonight because this guy is a grinder. So let's not waste any more time, Mike. Let's jump right into it with the biggest interview and podcast of this week. Please welcome on Preston Johnson. My man Preston, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? All doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh man, yeah, it's our pleasure. So, you know, was obviously at the dude on Sunday, and I was talking to some of the parents, you know, asking them what should I start off with for an icebreaker talking to you. And uh, and you know, they were talking about they were calling you meat. And I said, you know what? Y'all can no longer call my man meat because I said, I see no meat on them bones anymore. I see nothing but muscle. So Tell me, man, what did you do this offseason to transform yourself? You know, I came back a little, you know, after Omaha, we we, had, we ate really good in Omaha. And, uh, you know, we all kind of gained a few pounds, uh, especially over the summer. You know, you go home, you kind of get a little bit lazy, you start fishing and everything. Uh, but, no, it was really just when I got back from the fall, the moment, you know, sat me down, I was like, hey, like, you know, the the spot or, you know, whatever in the rotation you want, you know, I think that you'll have a better – um, shot at getting that, you know, if you trim down a few pounds, you know, turn a little bit more fat in the muscle, just kind of, you know, you know, like you said, shake that body a little more. Yeah, Mike, I show up and my man's outside in the dry fit, looked like he'd been pumping iron and he said he just, he just trimmed the fat off the bone. My man was looking stout though. No, without a doubt, trying to get like Preston. That's, that's my goal this summer. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. All right, so for those who don't know Preston, man, where are you from? I'm from Crystal Springs, Mississippi, uh, about about 45 minutes south of Jackson. You know, just a little bitty town. Little bitty town, say. just like a lot of you Mississippi boys. I love it. That's where y'all learn to grind from. Um, so I see you come from a family of athletes, whether it's siblings, uncle, cousins, grandfather, man. Tell me about, you know, some of your family and, you know, athletics within it. Uh, honestly, I just grew up, you know, my dad played – uh, baseball his whole life, you know, they just, he didn't really go to college or anything right out of high school. He joined the military and um, had to come back and do college. Um, but my sister was, you know, like a five sport athlete in high school and then uh, could have cheered in college, but decided not to. My grandfather played college baseball and football. 
back in the day. Um, you know, two of my uncles played uh, baseball and one played football. It was just kind of, you know, it kind of runs in the family. We all, you know, like to get outside and play sports and just, you know, it's just competitor at heart. So what's your 40, Preston? 40? <laughs> Slow. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do my man like that. I'm just curious. I see, I see the muscle. I, I see it going on. I just need to know: is it is it the same cardio workout that we were putting in over there? I mean, I've been training for the, but it's not there. Hey, I don't even know if I can get. Hey, my, Mike, since you knew the college baseball scene, man, you should see these Omaha challenges these cats do. Hey, it's like the Olympics, and they uh, they got baseball players doing it. I'll be talking to these cats who are in the best shape, talking about they getting absolutely worked. Oh, dude, it's tough, man. It's tough. What was your what was your least? I wasn't even gonna talk about that, but what was your least favorite event in the Omaha Challenge, Preston? The sled pushes. The sled pushes. Come on, sleds. Oh, it's come pressing. Come on. You too big to not be liking the sled. I will right, well, I'm gonna give you a recap. So you had the everybody was in one line, and we were at the football field in the pond, and it had uh the sled on one end zone and a bike on the other end. You had to do, do 0.3 miles. And then you ran to the sled or pushing it toward the bike. And then you go down and you couldn't help with the sled until you were done with your 0.3 miles. So they got a bright idea that me and you, Brad Compass, were the first five, you know, we were in the first five that, you know, did the bike and started pushing. Yeah. The time we got done, we had, so you, every time you came back, you had to put a four five or two four five. So by the end of it, there was 12 45s on each other. And it was, it was the most miserable thing I've ever done in my life. I'll give you I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Mike, let me tell you something. He mentioned Brad Compass. I'm telling you, Brad Compass walked by me yesterday. Brad Compass seven foot two. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> this is the tallest baseball player I've seen in college. I ain't even kidding, man. They they list him at what what they list him at, Preston? Six seven? Six seven, two fifty. They lie. They lie. Dude, dude, he's a tall cat. He walked by. I, I looked at my son. And I was like, man, he's seven foot tall. But uh, the, the the one that I found interesting, Preston Cameron said he hated it the most. Uh, the one where you got your arms going up and down while you're doing your feet at the same time. He had a name for it. He said nobody actually uses them in y'all's facility. They just sit there. It's like the one time y'all had to use them. We don't use them. It was just like <laughs> each team had three bikes and the three um, – Versa climbers or whatever. So you had yeah. like, oh, it was that was bad too. But slip took it for me. But but we seem to get off track. Hey, you you know you mentioned your sister. Uh, you man, is she a better athlete than you? Uh, you know, some would say yes, but I would say no. Uh, she can definitely run faster than me. Just but uh, no, nah, she she played softball. She'd always come to baseball practice and hit hit with us and. She'd be showing some of us up, no doubt. I heard that. So, you know, you come from a family full of athletes, but who was your inspiration? Was there an athlete that you watched as a kid growing up that, that gave you a lot of inspiration in sports? Just because we're from the same hometown, same school, you know, same kind of story. Uh, it's Hunter Renfro. Um, and it's kind of, you know, watching him grow up in the same town and, you know, not much comes from Crystal Springs, Mississippi. Um, and to see what he's done at Mississippi State and, uh, you know, into the pros and everything has given me, uh, I guess, an ideal, like, you know, but, uh, he's kind of paved the way and 
you know, I'm just trying to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, no doubt. Hunter Renfro is a beast. So, you know, getting to high school, man, you got an interesting, you know, when you look up your bio and you look up high school, it's, you know, it says you didn't play freshman and sophomore year because you had a tour ACL. How did that happen? Uh, so my freshman year, I was a catcher. I was, I wasn't even a pitcher. And, uh, I was running bases and it was wet and just took the wrong step, snapped it, uh, had surgery, came back my 10th grade year and the ligament didn't take, um, and tore it again. And, you know, after that, the doc said I couldn't catch no more. So I just had to find a new position. Uh, I started playing in first or third and pitcher. So it actually worked out for you because you might not have been pitching otherwise, huh? You might still be sitting behind the dish. So, you know, as far as junior and senior year, though, you fanned 100 batters, two-time Mississippi Association of Independent Schools, all-state pick, um, named MAIS Pitcher of the Year as a senior, senior named team captain and team MVP, finished high school with a 4.0 GPA. You know, just talk to me about, um, you know, your high school career as a whole and also the importance of academics, clearly, with a guy who carried a 4.0 GPA. Um. You know, the academic side, you know, has always been a, uh, a bigger priority, you know, especially to my dad. You know, he pushed me to, you know, not only be good on the field, but be better in the classroom because, you know, like, like he said, you know, sports is always going to go. You know, it's never going to be forever, no matter how long you play. Um, so there's just to have something to fall back on. Uh, but, yeah, high school, was, high school was interesting, you know, like, you know, trying to find a new position, trying to get scouted in a new position. Um, you know, I kind of lost hope about playing college baseball and, um, you know, ended up going the JUCO route. And it was honestly a blessing in disguise. You know, the Lord knows, you know, what we can handle and what we need. And, you know, he, he put me exactly where I needed to be. And it, it worked out for me. Man, I hope there's a lot of young baseball cats listening to that because, um, you know, I know some guys personally and I've seen a lot of guys personally who, who go to the bigger schools and, you know, whether they're not ready or maybe they're sitting the bench when they could go to a junior college or a smaller college and get that playing time and work their way up. Um, and you see so many guys like yourself who have the success because they went that route and they were able to build themselves up. You know, um, one of your teammates from last year, Houston Harding, is another example of a guy who, who took the JUCO route and built himself up. And so, um, yeah, Hines is a, is a great opportunity because I was going to talk to you about that, you know, North, uh, North Mississippi, Central Mississippi, kind of JUCO, that, that whole thing, like, it is a mecca for providing college baseball talent. Like, just talk about what it was like, especially for you as a pitcher, because I feel like I've been to a ton of games. It feels like it's a hitter's league. So what, what's it like for you facing a bunch of guys who, you know, you know can swing it and guys who you know that are more likely going to be playing D1 here soon? It was fun. You know, Hines was probably two of the best years of my life. Um, you know, the friendships, the – teammates you meet and getting to live with each other. Um, you know, we had, you know, everybody thinks, you know, Juco, you know, how much talent can there really be? You know, we had, I think, 16 guys in my class go D1 um, out of Hines that year. And it was, it was fun to see everybody, you know, compete and also grow up and, you know, get their dreams and um, move on to their bigger schools and you know, fulfill dreams. Yeah, no doubt. So before I turn you over to Mike and let you start talking about Mississippi State, um, you know, explain to us that process, you know, from Hines. How did you get on Mississippi State's radar and how did that whole, you know, process work? 
Uh, and honestly, it was a slow process. I um, mean, you know, like, since I was seven years old, I wanted to you know, play at Mississippi State and then Duty Noble. Um, and it was kind of, you know, like you said, in high school, you know, there's kids that, you know, they aren't ready or, you know, don't want to sit there. You know, I wasn't ready. Uh, you know, I had still a lot of things to learn, a lot of, you know, body and talent-wise. Um, you know, I went there and, um, you know, kind of got myself in the running to go D1, um, you know, developed a few more pitches, you know, better mechanics, velocity. Um, getting the offers on my late freshman year at Hines. Um, decided to go back because, you know, it wasn't the ones I wanted because uh, I still had that dream. I'd say probably October, November of my sophomore year, you know, I started really getting heavily uh, bombarded about calls and, you know, offers and, you know, wanting to come on visits and stuff. Um, but right. still, you know, kind of hold it out, you know, for Mississippi State. And uh, about, I guess, September, November, something in there, you know, in that range, you know, I finally got a call from uh, Fox Hall and he was like, hey, man, like this is Mississippi State. You know, me, I immediately bopped the ball my eyes out. I was like, is this really happening, you know? Uh, and it just kind of, snowball effect and I was like all right this is where I want to go uh, I only took one visit and that was the year and I was like okay let's go so it was it was pretty it was pretty sweet for sure for sure and you know you talk about the visit um someone who played high school ball that's where I ended Preston I'm not gonna sit up here and lie to you and act like I was going D1 wasn't happening I am not like you wasn't anywhere close to a 4.0 GPA but I did come from a small base town, uh, a small baseball town school. You know, in Chicago, obviously we have our big hitters and there's great uh, industries and there's great high school programs. I was not a part of one of those programs. And you coming from a small school like Hines, going to a prestigious school just like Mississippi State, what is that like for you? What's the emotions? What's the drawback? Because I myself personally have gone on visits and I'm shaking in my boots just walking in the facility. So what's it like when you're actually meeting the guys, doing the workouts, getting these game plans going in, and even playing there? School at Mississippi State, you know, uh, you know, as a baseball player at Mississippi State, you know, you're looked up to by, you know, a lot of different people, and especially, like, uh, young kids. Um, and, you know, even as a 19-year-old, you know, that had aspirations of coming here um, and uh, knew that I was coming here, you know, I still thought of those – these guys as heroes, you know, they're living my dream. Um, it was something that it was special to, you know, get to meet them, uh, shake their hands, you know, get to go to the football game, uh, get to see the stadium and just get to, you know, live a day in their shoes. And now uh, looking back on it, you know, I'm in their shoes and it feels good to, you know, meet the guys that are coming here next year, or the freshmen pulling it up. It's like, I know how they feel. And it, it, it gets my, you know, love of the game and love of the, uh, Mississippi State in general. Um, hey, hey, honest question: Who'd you who'd you fanboy on the most when you got there? Uh, fanboy the most. That's a tough one because when I got here, it was man, that's a tough one. I probably say Cameron. Probably really, say Cameron James. Yeah. My guy. Yeah. And you know, Preston, you, you talk about you know being a hero and and these guys being idols and being heroes to you. And, and not to toot your own horn, but last year, 
becoming one of the heroes in a lot of people's eyes. I know Jim's son is over there right now somewhere trying to get a Preston Johnson jersey. You know, you're becoming a fan favorite very quickly. Last year, you appear in 22 games as a reliever for the Bulldogs, posted a 4-0 win-loss ratio with a 3.82 ERA. You had 33 innings, 14 runs, uh, 14 uh, earned runs, 25 hits, 50 Ks and only 14 walks, and you held batters to a 212 batting average. Preston, you're becoming a hero very quickly. How do you think you did, though, when you really look at it all together, not about, you know, how did the team do? Because obviously, you know, home run, amazing season, to say the least. Um, but you personally, how do you think you performed, and, and how did that moment into going into this season? What were your expectations moving forward? Uh, you know, like you said, last year was um, – Beyond belief, it was a season that you know no one will ever forget. That will ever wear maroon and white. Um, you know, the only thing I can say about that is you know I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Um, last year, you know, I I felt good about you know the success that I did have, um, but you know, like you said, I'm never satisfied. Uh, I'm always pushing myself to get better. I'm always wanting more. Um, you know, I think when we get satisfied we settle and we get lazy um and we don't fulfill our expectations and um, goals and you know like i said the goal for me this year was to be a starter um right you know to be this team and you know like some people ask me are you you mad about you're not a starter you know like you know in the week it's a battle you know we're competing for a spot but when it turns the weekend we're a team and it really doesn't matter where we are in the lineup, the rotation. You just do your job when you get called on and try to help the team. And, you know, the Lord's going to place you in the place you're supposed to be at the right time. Now, so. to tie, to kind of tie into that, I, I am curious. And and it's it's never instigating. I've just been a part of a lot of organizations to where, you know, you, you sometimes you're a bench player on a championship team and sometimes you're a starter on a horrible team. Preston, for you, you know, a lot of players, a lot of players, especially in college baseball, enter that transfer portal very quickly into their career because they're not starters or they're not where they want to be. What made you want to stay at Mississippi State, knowing that you're still in the bullpen, knowing that you're still doing these things when you have aspirations to be a starter? Um, that's where I want to be. Uh, it's been my dream to play here. You know, I still get, you know, teary-eyed when uh, we step in the stadium, like Friday night or Friday, you know, it was – it was like it was my first game in Duty Noble. You know, that, that right. love of the game and that love for the culture and the stadium um, and these fans, it never goes away. Um, so, you know, going somewhere else, you know, would I have probably started more than likely, um, but the atmosphere would, it's never going to compare to Mississippi State. It's never going to mean what it does to me to be somewhere else, even if I am starting, you know, and you know, creating these relationships with these guys and um, friendships that will last, you know, forever um, has been more than worth it. And Preston, Preston you know, wait, till I take this, wait till I take this guy to the dude because he, you know, he's a new fan of college baseball. He's an MLB guy, you know, Chicago. He's he's right between two major league stadiums. He hasn't been in any college ballparks and he doesn't even understand what it's like at the dude compared no. to the other ones. You know, remember I was in Oxford Friday and Saturday and then there's a dude Sunday – and when you go from one to the other, it gives you perspective. Like, he plays, Mike, in the best stadium in the country, and it's not even a debate. No, for sure. And, Preston, forgive me for it, too, because it, <laughs> where I'm at, brother, 
it is snowing eight months out of the year. <laughs> I, I don't get that luxury. Hey, for you and all you, Jim and everybody else, Randy, Daniel, every all my guys down south, it's, it must be wonderful to be able to still play during the offseason, work on your game. I would know nothing about that because <laughs> once the season ends, you got to get back in your house with your Canadian gooses on. But Preston, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of bring it up. You get teary-eyed. You know, the moments still hit you. You won a championship. You get the jewelry, and obviously that plays a big part into why you would probably want to stay too because, I mean, who, who, who hates winning? I mean, it's just a reality. But, you know, on April 16th last year, you played against your biggest team rivals. You threw two scoreless innings, four Ks, and your first win. You know, when you talk about those moments, getting teary-eyed, and, and just, just by walking on the field, what's it like to know that, for a lack of a better word, you just crapped on your biggest school's rival? I mean, that, that's got to be an amazing feeling. So take us through what that was like and, and how that felt for you. Uh, last year was, you know, the – and we both had good teams, you know, like there's been some years that we had a good team, they didn't, or they did and we didn't. Uh, last year we were pretty evenly matched and it was a doll fight the whole series. Um, you know, and pitching that game, uh, it was fun to say the least. Man, it was it was an adrenaline rush, you know, getting to face them because I knew half the team, you know, personally. Um, you right. know, getting to face them, getting to talk to them before the game, after the game, getting pictures, you know, reuniting. Um, you know, and, you know, like you said, getting my first win of my D1 career, it made it so much sweeter. Um, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, you know, I, I, I watched a little bit of that game when Jim was telling me about it or during the offseason. He was like, got to get into college baseball. It's so much look, fun. Look, Mike, because you're a trash talk guy, I'll tell you about the best trash talk that came from that game. It, it had it right in front of my eyes. So we were holding an event at the Hernando Square and it had – Landon Sims and Cameron James from Mississippi State, and then it had Hayden Leatherwood and Ben Van Cleve from Ole Miss. And so, anyway, there was a huge line for the balls being signed by the Mississippi State guys. The Ole Miss line, not so much. So, Cam <laughs> decides he's going to poke at Hayden and say, you know, we're kind of running out of balls over here. You got any we can borrow? Well, Leatherwood in that series, to hit, you know, to his credit, he hit three home runs in that, that weekend. He had a monster weekend. He said, yeah, you can go find my three in the parking lot. And Cam laughed, and I was like, Cam even gave him his due back. So they both took shots at each other, and I, I was loving it because, you know, like Preston said, most of these guys know each other, and, and so that they love each other. But man, when you're a rival, you still got to talk to the trash. No, for sure, and, and that's that's something I've been finding just watching college ball and watching a lot of your film and watching Mississippi State. Uh, Jim sent me to the Volunteers, who who I'm now repping, so I do apologize, Preston. But um, he wanted I, I hey, it's, it started with he look, he wanted two things, Preston, and you would agree with it. He wanted he wanted a coach that was like fiery and had swagger, and that's Coach V. And then he wanted bombs, and that's that's what Tennessee does. Man, that's the energy in that place is unreal. Just watching them, watching their coach, he's like you know one of the players, just not playing. <laughs> sure, I'm rocking with him. I love him. But you guys have been doing amazing things. And, and to go back to last year, I, I've been watching a lot of tape on it. You know, Starksville Super Regional versus Notre Dame, two point two innings. Earned win with two Ks and one earned run on two hits. What was that like to pitch in duty, uh, Noble? And for you, looking at it, going back, is there anything you would have done different? How did you feel you performed? Uh, I mean, I think I performed, you know, decently. Uh, you know, it might not have been my, you know, best game. But honestly, if you want my honest opinion, I think that was the best team we played all year last year. Right. Um, you know, that was more of a different feeling. Um, you know, we did have – have the biggest crowd ever. Um, 
and it was you know it was nerve-wracking it wasn't you know you get to soak up this experience because you know you're gonna get to play here next weekend uh that was the last one of the year in that stadium and you know if you didn't do your job you that could have been the last game of the year um period uh it was kind of it was fun you know getting to meet with them guys uh, they had some really cool dudes we got to um you know gain some friendships with them but it was it was quite an experience you know i've never been in a super regional before um you know, and uh, actually win it, get the win, and then, you know, win the sub-regional and get the dog pile at the end, and that was, that was awesome. Right. And, and you know, that, that kind of followed up into my next question. You're doing amazing, by the way, even helping me with these transitions. Um, but, you know, you're a part of the biggest NCAA history super region ever, ever. And, and you know, you talked about those emotions, and we already talked about how nervous you were and what that felt like, but I want to kind of pick your brain about, you know, when you finally laid home at, at home, you got in bed, you know, tuck off your cleats, just lay down. How did you process you were just a part of one of the biggest games in NCAA history? Oh, man. Oh, man I don't even know. Uh, you're going to get me teary out now, man. I ain't going to lie. Um, you know, looking back at next year or last year, uh, it was, you know, it's it's a blur and it's full of memories at the same time. Um, and that's what, you know, some of these young guys that just got here, they don't they don't quite understand it. Um, you know, the first thing that, you know, I did was, you know, of course, thank the Lord because, um, you know, I wouldn't be here, you know, without him. Um, but right. the second one, I tried to find my family, um, you know, and all the, you know, all the kids and the family. You know, I was with my mom and dad. Uh, that was, I just remember that's the first thing I did um, is look for my family because, you know, they're the ones that have been by my side the whole time. Right. You know, getting to share that with them was something that, you know, we'll never forget. And, you know, it was an emotional time. Um, my, I lost my grandfather right before the season started. Um, and he was, you know, one of my big, biggest fans, you know, and he didn't get to come watch him that much. He was real sick, but uh, he definitely ran through my mind a lot, you know, uh, you know, wishing that he could have been here. But just to experience that with the guys uh, and share that with my family and all these fans, that's something that, you know, you can't put a word on it. You can't put a price on it is something that you'll always remember and always keep to yourself for sure and I'm truly sorry about the loss of your grandfather and it, it does tie into this though when you know you get to Omaha and you know a lot of guys it's strict business you know we're just chilling we're gonna get on the bus get off the plane and we're going straight to the field for you what was that process like were you soaking up that moment or was it all business you know were you just like it, it know, depends was he hanging with Cameron James or not because that, that guy doesn't know how to have fun he's all business <laughs> he don't smile much man he, he can't have a good time sometimes uh but no back to the question man it was you know I, I got to where I could you know decipher between business and having fun and you know getting to Omaha was another dream come true another bucket list check um, and you know really I tried to keep it casual as possible um, until you know I stepped on the field or got to the stadium because um, you know like in my mind I you know we made it to Omaha you know that was all that I really cared about you know uh, you know we went it fine good whatever um, it was kind of just a fun experience to be there and, you know, get to see how the fans supported us, how they showed up, uh, getting to soak up the scenery in Omaha, uh, the hotel, the, 
uh, all the shops, the culture, um, just getting to visit with people that you would never believe, like Palmero and Papabon and, you know, all these Mississippi State legends, baseball legends, you know, that are there that you would never get to see, you know, if you didn't get to play baseball in Mississippi State or get to go to Omaha or, you know, it just, you know, things line up in life and you just, you just got to soak it in, you know, and then getting to actually play in TD Ameritrade Park and, you know, getting to win it and everything, um, that just kind of made it extra. So I guess I answered the question, you know, just kind of, um, I tried to keep it, you know, the game out of my mind as much as possible until I got to the stadium. You know, I got to thinking about it. You brought it up and I went, I turned around. That's why I was looking at this collage I got um, from Omaha with my son with pictures of all the different players. And like you said, Palmero and Coach Polk, your picture actually is right next to his picture with uh, Rafael Palmero. So you, you're right next to the legend. Man, that's another a cool story about Palmero. I met him and uh, he said, hey, I'm, you know, he didn't even introduce himself, which I guess if you're Rafael Palmero, you ain't got to. Yeah. Uh, but the fair. First, fair. <laughs> first thing he said to me, he said, how would you pitch to me? And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was expecting like, I mean, what's it like playing at State? Like, what's up, man? How are you? Like, where are you from or something? He just said, how are you going to pitch to me if I step in the box? And I was like, it caught me so off guard. And then I told him my first pitch, and he said, no, I'd hit that in the gap for a double. Well, tell me you got the scouting report. I mean, that's an unfair question to just unload on you right there. No, for sure, for sure. But to keep it on Omaha, you know, you make three appearances in Omaha, pitching a combined 8.2 innings and allowing two runs. Preston, I'm sorry, but I'm going to throw the stats at you real quick. I know all the people at home love to hear it. I know deep down as a player and an athlete, I'm sure it makes you smile deep down knowing how well you performed. You know, we're looking at it, though. You know, you had two runs, both earned on six hits and striking out 12 batters, pitched a season-long five innings, collecting a season-high seven strikeouts to earn the victory um, for the team's 13-2 victory versus Vanderbilt. How good does that feel to know that you played in the CWS against the defending national champs? And when you when you go up against guys, you know, to follow up on that, like Jack Leiter on the other end, when you really look at guys like that and you know that you're doing not only your job at a sufficient level, but to know that you're doing it and kicking ass at the same time, how does that feel for you? Uh, man, it was, it was something. Uh, that's, I guess, you know, seeing those guys perform, you know, was definitely something, you know, that you always long for, um, you know, Lighter and Rocker and all those guys from Vandy, they tremendously talented. Um, and getting to watch them work and do their, their job and, you know, perfect their craft was something special. Um, but it was also a, a challenge, you know, to, you know, go out there and be like, you know, I can do the same thing. Um, no, I don't have, you know, the height that they might not have or whatever. Um, it was really a challenge to myself, go out there and compete. Um, and, you know, that game with Vandy that I got to throw in and, you know, ended up earning the win, um, it was, you know, it was special because I think we all knew um, when we got on the bus after game one, we nobody was sad, nobody was, you know, pissed. It was, all right, we're going to win the national championship. And I think what makes it more interesting, Mike, that you might not know, so the starter for that game who actually – do extremely well, but he just went forward with Houston Harding, and he came from Itawamba Community College in that same realm with Hines and him. So you had two guys who came from the JUCO level 
right. the biggest stage going against a school like Vandy, and that the two of them tossed that whole game together. And so that makes it just that much more of a magical story because you had two guys who grinded their whole way there and on the biggest stage got the job done. Right. And, right. you know, we're, we're talking about magical things, and I've only been a part of them two, three times in my life. The dog pile, Preston, I need to know where were you in the dog pile? Were you at the bottom? Were you at the top? How long did it take you to get out there? I was on the top. Uh, <laughs> Smart man. The first thing I did, uh, you know, of course, I was crying my eyes out, you know, from the sixth inning on. Uh, me and Christian McLeod looked at each other and tears were rolling down our face, you know, like chills. Now I got chills right now just talking about it. Like we looked at each other, started crying because, uh, you know, we kind of knew that, you know, we had this one in the bag, you know, we're national champions. Uh, the first thing I did was I dropped to a knee and uh, prayed, thank God. And then I went on the dog pile. And uh, thankfully, I was on top because uh, there was Landon Sims on the bottom. I could see him down there, and he was hollering, get off me, get off me, get off me. Lotan said he was trying to save him because they were going to crush his skull. <laughs> That's a lot of weight. You got Mule and, you know, me and Spencer Price. We were some big boys. Uh, Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I couldn't imagine Preston Johnson right now at the top of that dog pile. I'd kill myself at the bottom, but I would, I would, I would break a femur, break everything. But you know, you talk about getting chills. You know that that feeling it, it never wears off. Hell, Preston, I've won two high school state championships, not even close to a college championship, and I still get chills thinking about it. So to win the ship, to win something that's been so important to you, and and, and what your goal is, your entire career of being a baseball player. What is that feeling like for you? Has it worn off yet? And and really just how does it feel being a national champion? <laughs> it hasn't worn off. I know that. Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, it, I think it meant more to me after the fact, uh, seeing what it did for the fans. Um, you know, the Mississippi State fans that have waited almost a whole century. Um, you know, I've had 80-year-old men crying on my shoulder, kissing me on the cheek, telling me, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm talking about when we got back to the hotel, you know, there's everybody's crying. I think I thought my girlfriend was going to kill somebody because this lady came up to me and just kissed me on the lips. And I was like, I was like waiting on her puncher. Man. And, uh, you know, seeing what it meant to the community, uh, the fans, and not only to the players, uh, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, you know, and personally, like I said, it was a goal, you know, that we always had. You always watch them on TV. Um, you know, I can remember the the one time that, you know, it, it struck me and I said, I want to play in the College World Series was, I, I can't remember what year specifically, but it was LSU playing. And I said, I'm going to play in the College World Series one day. And, you know, something you say, you never really think that it's going to happen. Um, and then, you know, we ended up winning and it was kind of like, what just happened? So, no, it happened off. Um, you know, sometimes when somebody talks about it, you, you're like, you kind of like got a recap and, you know, um, you kind of forget that you are a national champion because we didn't get much time to celebrate. Uh, we got back and, you know, you go straight back to work. Um, you know, the guys that went to play summer ball, you had like two days and you were, you know, shipping out to go play. So we, right. we never got that time to really come together and, you know, bask in the glory you know so no, for sure for sure so interesting you would bring up lsu um you know the origin story of last year in the in the magical run is is pressing i got i got put to it daniel and randy the other two hosts of this show um they put me under the fire all live on air 
They told me I couldn't root for LSU and Mississippi State. They said I had to choose one. LSU has always been my team, but I've watched Cameron and Cade their whole high school career. Um, Cameron is my favorite player. Um, that's why I love that you even said that answer. And so, and I'm tight with both their families. And so they were like, you got to pick one. And uh, I rolled with Mississippi State. And what a decision to make, obviously. Um, and, you know, that's why you, you saw me. In Omaha, uh, you know, I actually – I was there for the first two games in Omaha. I went back home for work. Greg James calls me, Preston, and says, where'd you go? I said, I had to go back home. He said, get back here. And so, anyway, I drove to and from Omaha back twice. And, uh, and you know, obviously my son was with me. And my son – my wife still can't believe it, Preston. You talk about what it means to these kids – he said that his trip to Omaha was better than when he went to Disney World. And my wife is floored. She can't believe it. But him getting to meet all those players, go to all those baseball games, be a part of that whole thing, it was magical to him as a baseball fan. And, and it was just so cool. And I felt the same way. And so I know it hasn't wore off for you guys because it hasn't wore off for me and my son. And we're not even, you know, 100-year Mississippi State fans, you know, like some of these guys you talk about. Um, we're guys who jumped on the ride just because, you know, we knew some dudes on the team and it was just, oh, it was so cool to be a part of. And it's, it's kind of funny um, to, to tell you, Preston, we actually had four LSU dads on the other day. Uh, we had Dylan Cruz and all them, all the dads. on. They wanted to do a dad's episode. And they told me the same thing. They told me I wasn't allowed to root for both teams. They said, you either bleed purple and gold or you don't. And I was yeah, like, I don't believe that. Cause I, I'm an LSU fan a little bit at heart too. Well, uh, it, see, at this point, Preston, it's more than it's more than just LSU. We interview all these guys. Like, so, for instance, you know, we have the inter- – and, you know, being that you're you're big on faith, you know, we interviewed Tim Elko, and he's every bit of, you know, everything I've ever seen, the nicest guy in the world. You know, Derek Diamond comes on the week later. And it's like, you know, if I had to pick between y'all and them, I want y'all to win, but I want to see them guys do well. I want to see LSU do well. I want to see Tennessee do well because we've interviewed these guys. And so I've become more of a player fan. When teams match up, I'm going to have to choose. But in the meantime, I just want to see every one of them do good because they're all good dudes and, you know, good programs. And so it's, and it's baseball. I'm a baseball fan. So, but nonetheless, I guess that's all to come around and say that ride was special. And I'm thankful from the bottom of my heart, me and my son, like I said, for my son, I, I got a nine-year-old who said, and he was eight at the time, says, Omaha was better than Disney. That, that says, that speaks volumes. Omaha was better than, you know, any trip that you could ever take, you know, and like you said, the kids, the kids make it, you know, that more, much special, um, you know, getting to sign autographs, you know, I was, <laughs> I've never signed an autograph in my life until I got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you sign hundreds and, you know, I still see people today that are like, Hey, we met in Omaha. Like you signed this and this and this, like show me a picture, man. I was that kid once. You know, and to see like what it means to them, it just takes me back to my childhood and, you know, getting something signed by them, you know, when I was a kid. It's, and, and, and I love that you guys understand that. I'll actually give you something to, you and the listeners to speculate on because I'll never tell anybody. Um, only only Greg James knows, actually. Uh, we had someone lined up that was supposed to come on the show. Houston Harding was not an original guest. Houston Harding replaced the team out of years. And the reason why was after the Missouri series, there was a certain player who I watched sneak by all the kids and did not sign their autographs while all the other players did that, you know, regardless of a bad series came out and signed autographs. 
And I said, I don't want, I don't want that kind of guy. And I was like, if you can't take the time to sign a kid's autograph, I know it's a bad day, but they're out there waiting on you. They're excited. Um, like you said, all you guys are that kid once. And so I leave you to, I leave you to think on that. But I was like, I said, I said, to, uh, Greg, I said, man, who's the guy that I should get? Who's somebody I should, I should get in replacement. And it just so happened that we were standing right next to Houston's dad. And he goes, talk to this man right here. Cause his son would be great. And so that's how we ended up, uh, with Houston. But like you said, man, the, the kids, it's, it's special. I love seeing y'all interact with them, um, sign the balls. It, it means the world. I love watching them try to catch foul balls, right? Like it's just a foul ball, but like you catch a foul ball, you show everybody, they, they go back, they take to school, tell everybody they caught who such and such foul ball, at, you know, Starkville. It's a, it's a cool thing, but getting to, to this year, man, obviously, um, you know, not the start y'all wanted, but Long Beach state, you know, unlike what a lot of teams face this year, y'all, you know, played a legit opponent right out the gate, ranked in the top 25. Um, you know, just, I mean, what did you see? How good was Long Beach State? Man, they, were, they were every bit of good. Uh, you know, their starters came out, all their pitchers, you know, pitching ninja uh, featured that Friday night guy, Ruiz. And, dude, watching him, like, we thought he was disgusting. Watching him from behind was unreal. Uh, you know, I show guys and they're like, Man, he's done a lot of changeups. I'm like, that's a 94 mile per hour fastball. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not in the box. Um, you know, they hit, you know, they could hit, they could pitch, they could field. You know, they were what their name was, the dirt bags, and they <laughs> they never stopped. You know, I do love we, their I do love their mascot. I, I I do dig that. I mean, even when we were beating them, what was it, 13 to or two, something yeah. like that, in the Sunday game. Man, they were – it was like we were losing to them. You know, they never stopped, um, you know, and it was it was nice to, you know, see what this team was made of uh, right out the gate. You know, uh, you know, winning the national championship, it, it kind of gave us a reality check. You know, we're not on top of the world anymore. It's a new season. You know, it's time to get to work and uh, get dirty and down with it. Well, on the, on the opposite side, you know, you know, facing that kid was, was Landon. And, you know, there was a lot of questions on whether he would be able to be a starter. You know, obviously that game was, was lost because uh, the inability to produce runs. I mean, seven innings, 13 Ks. I mean, did your boy, I mean, there's really not much more Landon can do to impress anybody, but I seen the highlights of him. And so you're talking about that view you had, I mean, just how filthy was Landon. And I mean, are you surprised even at this point? No. I mean, Landon's always going to be good. Um, you know, it's just what he does. He's the the ultimate competitor is what Lamontis calls him. Um, and he's just, you know, going right at you. Anybody that can throw seven innings and um, not walk anybody, man, that's pretty that's – pretty yeah, yeah, Mike, since you weren't on that episode, Landon actually says the reason his – the competitive spirit that comes out on the mound for him is actually because he was just as big a football player. And he says it's still exactly. that foot – yeah, he said it's that football drive that's still in him. He takes that football player uh, mentality to the mound with him, and you can see it because he's fiery. Like, I could only imagine him actually, you know, right. in the helmet. Sure. Hey, Preston, really quick, really quick. I know it's off topic, but you mentioned you come from a football family. Preston, what position were you? What position were you, my guy? Middle linebacker. And middle nose. linebacker? Middle linebacker. And it was, it was fun. Uh, I played a little fullback and a little guard, but I didn't like it. Uh, no, I, I, and I didn't like offense. I liked fullback. Uh, I got 
You know, I got you just like hitting people. That's it's clearly what we got here. <laughs> I love that person. That was exactly I was a safety and a fullback, and they always wanted me to be running back. I said, nah, I don't want to do all that. Just let me let me end right right when we get off. I'll just like clear cut and then you're done. <laughs> so you probably know the guy that I ever got uh the hardest hit I was ever involved in. Um mm. you'll know him was uh Kelly, Austin Kelly. Really? You know him? I've heard him. I've heard him. I always, I'm. It's, it's my favorite thing to do. I do max. You know max prep sports. You can find everybody's stats from everywhere. I've checked out a lot of guys from Mississippi, from Tennessee, everywhere. And he played. He played here for a whole year, and it was. You know, we played against each other in baseball and football. And when he got here, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to play with him. But that man was a dog on the football field, no doubt. <laughs> for sure. So, speak, so speaking of dogs, going going back to what you do best, uh, Saturday you come in, um, you throw four innings, you have nine Ks, but you had four walks, Preston. You know, um, I didn't get to be there. Obviously, like I said, I was out there on Sunday, and I, uh, I didn't get to actually see the game at all. I got to see Friday's game still in its entirety uh, streaming on the network. Um, you know, were you having command issues? You know, usually walks isn't something you do a lot of. Uh, you know, the nine Ks is impressive, but I know you had to have been – upset with yourself for walking four guys yeah um honestly just it kind of showed me that I still got you know some work to do um you know I know the things that I got to work on the things that you know need more efficient um and you know that fastball down and in or down and away uh, something that I've struggled with this pre-spring um you know and we've been working on it so uh I wouldn't say I was, we were worried about it you know just kind of you know going out there shaking the dust off and you know getting back in the routine and you know, finding that zone because, you know, me and Fox have talked and there, there's not much worry. Um, you know, I don't like it, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. And next time, the only thing we can do is try to get better. Yeah, and so I'm going to ask you a question. And when I ask this question, it would indicate that somebody else would have to fall out of rotation. But I still have to ask it because I had a conversation with you before the season started, and I know what your expectation is, and you and Mike have talked about it in general. I mean, do you expect to continue to come out of the pen, or do you expect at some point to get your opportunity to show that you're a starter? Uh, you know, it's definitely an expectation is to be a starter. Um, you know, like going back to the, you know, the Vanderbilt series and the, the College World Series final, you know, throwing those five innings, you know, one run. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I showed that, you know, I belong here. I belong as a starter. Um, turn down the draft to come back, you know, and be, you know, in the running as a starter. Um, Maybe you know, you're going to follow right after Houston's footsteps. You know, Houston wasn't a starter to start the season. Then he ends up being the Sunday guy and then the College World Series starting games. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you know, I don't like talking about it, you know, because, you know, like you said, somebody's got to fall out of rotation. You don't want to see uh, your boys do bad, um, but you also want to shop, you know, you know, selfishly. Um, right. And something that, you know, when the weekend comes – I think I hinted at this earlier. Like when the weekend comes, it's it's all about us as a team. Right. Um, yeah, and I wasn't asking you. You know, like I said, you don't want anybody to fail. But no, ultimately, it's not even they got to necessarily do bad. It's about you know you giving you know Lamona throwing you out there and giving you the shot, and then hey, you just did better than the other guys. Not necessarily that the other guy did bad, but you right. know um, the last the last guy I want to talk about because I was out there Sunday. You know, I told you Kate Smith's like a little brother to me, and that's why I made sure to make it out there Sunday. Um, how cool was it for you to watch, you know, him go out there in his first start on a weekend and go out there and shove like that against a team that, 
you know, had, had gotten y'all's number the first two days and, um, you know, pitch a heck of a game. Man, it was always special. You know, I live with Kate, you know, like he's – our rooms are right beside each other, you know, I hear. Uh, just to go see him go out there and, you know, compete, you know, just to do what he does, you know. Um, you know, he's extremely talented. Uh, he always has been since he stepped foot here uh, at Mississippi State. And just to watch him, you know, do what he does best and give the best shot for the team to win uh, and also, you know, you know, like I said, conceal that spot as a starter um, was – it was cool, man. It was yeah. cool. To see. So since you since you live with him, is he is he clean like he was at home, or was his parents always clean in his room? Go ahead and tell me the truth. <laughs> Do I have to answer that? Because <laughs> <laughs> his room was always clean whenever I went over there. But you know, might have been Mama taking care of that. But you, uh, you know, uh, but we've had a lot of fun talking about baseball. But it's it's time to get into a game if you're down to play. All right. All right, Mike, since this is your first time on the episode, man, you get to chime in on anything I ask them, give them your thoughts and feelings. I want you to be a part of this, too. The first one's a fun one, man. Uh, we were going to eliminate it going into this season, but um, there seemed to be so much controversy. People actually uh, go one way or the other on this one, so I'm going to come out and ask you, man, is a hot dog a sandwich? No, I don't like hot dogs. Thank you, Preston. Thank you, Preston. Is a hamburger a sandwich? No doubt, no doubt. All right, so hamburger doesn't have to be just a hamburger. Like you can make anything a hamburger. Hamburger is just a bun. Okay, so to you to use Cameron again as an example, because you know he and he and Austin Riley were on their episode were on the opposite sides of this. Um, Austin says you have to have sandwich bread for it to become a sandwich. Cameron said you just had to have buns because he said, for instance, a chicken sandwich comes with buns and it's a sandwich. So he was with you on that. But um, my, my other host, Daniel, he thinks that hot dogs and hamburgers are their own category. They're not a sandwich altogether. Would you think that would be fair? I can, I can see that. You know, I don't, I don't agree with it, but, you know, I can see it. Just Mike, where are you at on hamburger, Mike? Is it a sandwich? Listen, as a full-fledged Italian – it's, it's mad disrespectful that we're even having the conversation of a hot dog being a sandwich. Um, but the where you're from, a hot dog is a is a delightful item, bro. It's great. It's great. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. Chicago's got plenty of it. And uh, Johnson, I'm just saying, if you could choose where you're going, Chicago is a luxurious spot. Um, but that's neither here nor there. My Cubs need a lot of help right now. But for the sandwich aspect of it, you know, I, I do got to agree with Preston Doris. Like it doesn't necessarily just have to be ham. You can throw pickles on it. You can throw mustard, mayo, whatever it is. The ham sandwiches I make, I got three slabs of ham on there. You might as well call it a burger. It's that thick. I mean, it, it's just how it is. So I, I'm with Preston on that one. Um, and I'm going to delete the entire conversation of the hot dog aspect of it. <laughs> hey, Me man, you'd be surprised. We had 31% of voters on social media say it was, Mike. Man, it's crazy. It's a wild world out there. We had hey, Preston, of Preston, you know who, Preston, you know who Brooks Lee is, right, from Cal Poly? He said a hot dog's a sandwich. And he said the reason is is because it's two pieces of bread. Daniel says – How's the two pieces of bread? He said, "When you're broke like me, the buns are already broken when they in the when you pull them out the pack." So it's two pieces of bread. <laughs> so, so, so it's legit. But moving on, uh, you know, since the very first time I ever seen you, man, you've had a strong beard game. Mike believes in the beard game as well. So I must ask you: Would you rather have good hair 
or a good beard. Beard. That's no doubt. You know, well, you wear a hat most of the time too, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys who care about their hair. This will be the only time you'll ever see me without a hat. It is the only time I've seen you with that one. That's a fact. Unless you see me at church or a funeral or I can't think of another time, I will have a hat on. We can I, we I, cannot leak the footage of this video because people will not know who you are because you don't have your hat on. <laughs> but yeah, you can you can have you can be bald and still look good with a beard because ladies gonna love you if you right. just got you just gotta wear a hat. Mike, while I'm thinking about it, this is about the first time I've ever seen you without a hat on, bro. What you doing? Oh, I got it right here, big dog. It's right uh, here. Don't worry. I just, you know, I was just, I wasn't feeling it today. I wasn't feeling it today. You know, I got, see, here's my thing, Preston. I thought about it. I started the camera. I said, all right, I got my high school baseball cap on. I'm doing my thing. And then I said, I'm talking to a national champion. So I took it off because I was like, you know what? Let me, let me stop. Let me stop before he puts his hat on. He's going to one up me. He's going to pull out the ring. I didn't want smoke. I didn't want any problems. Well, you, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a plug right now from Maroon and Company because I got the new fitted Mississippi State hat that just came out last week. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking tight. I got, I got my maroon and black on right now. But uh, next question, would you rather be funny or would you rather be smart? funny i agree with that a lot of, a lot of people say smart but i think i think being funny man uh it gets you a long way in conversations girls love it I, I'm, I'm with you i'm gonna give you an example brad Cumbus. brad Cumbus has never been accused of being the smartest guy in the room <laughs> but he always is funny he's laughing he's having a good time and the ladies love him Look, 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 he had me dying at, uh, when I went to y'all's inner squad game a couple weeks ago. And you know the, the ball that Kay dropped in foul territory that was a uh, routine pop fly? I can't believe he called Hancock off, by the way. And then you hear Brad yelling left field, I hope he takes you yard. <laughs> and I was like, only only Brad's going to yell that out. But that's what makes inner squads fun. Y'all can, y'all can get away with just acting a fool. If I'm the coach, I'm sitting there steaming like this this can't happen. And and it almost happened, if you remember. I forgot who the batter was, but Braylon Skinner caught it at the wall. I thought it really. I thought he really was going to take him yard after he dropped it. I want to say it was Kelvin. Yeah, it would have been it would have been a funny story for that they could have laid on Cade for a while because because Mike, if you were there. You know, Kate's the pitcher. He runs over there. The the catcher Hancock, you know, who catches routine pop ups all the time. That's his job. He calls him off, and then he drops it. Is is terrible. Luckily, he went out there and did his thing this Sunday. We're all gonna forget it ever happened after we just brought it up. All right. So, are you a glass half full kind of guy, or are you glass half empty? Oh, uh, it depends what we're talking about. We'll say we'll say life. We won't say baseball. Let's say just in general. Do you look at life as this half full or half empty? Man, I think I switched. I had this thing where we had we never hit good unless we had a glass of water in our hand and it was half half full or half empty, however you want to say it. So I would probably think I'm more of a half full guy. You know, because you, you can always be thankful for something. You know, you always, you know, you always got something that somebody else would love to have. So, I think it's half full. Yeah, the half full is the is the optimistic guy. I'm I'm a half empty. I always feel like there's something that needs to be done. I don't think it necessarily means that I'm pessimistic, but I'm probably not the most like uh, maybe I'm not as grateful as I should be a lot of the time. 
It's something I'm working on, Preston. I, I'm build, I'm building growth. And it's something like I talked about earlier. Like you can always be like happy, but you're never satisfied. You know, I think that's where I I switch back to the you know I'm happy. Like you know, this if I could do this, then I'll be full. You know, right. um, I work. There's always some room for coming from on that. For sure. All right, so here we go. We're going with the two hardest questions we got. These are the ones that make people think. All right, so would you rather do five years in jail or 10 years in a coma? It's just because I'm on the show, isn't it, Jim? It's just because no, no. is on the show, isn't it? This is our favorite question, and, man, it always gets the longest thought process, just like he's going through right now. Because Preston, I mean, Preston before you answer, I want, I want you to – hearing where I'm coming from, all right? Now, growing up in Chicago, seen some crazy things. Now, if you're in the coma, what I've heard in, in my medical expertise of watching Dr. Oz and, and, and watching Oprah, I have learned really a coma is, for you, five seconds. It does not feel like- But, but Preston, how old are you right now? 21. He'll be 31 years old, Mike, when he comes out, man. He'll be in his 30s. He'll have missed his entire now, 20s. Now, now, Preston, let me ask you this. The five years you spend in prison, how many more follow-up years is everything you witnessed in prison <laughs> have to live with you? That's what I'm saying. Th- what did I see? What did I see, Jim? Uh, Preston walks in the jail. <laughs> you have to tell him. What does he see within those five years? What does he go through? Because if it's just three meals a day, Bible study, and a little bit of softball in the backyard, that's cool. But if I'm seeing guys getting murdered, Jim, I'm not doing Pre- no Preston's going to be the muscle, man. They're going to know that he throws 95 mile an hour fist, and they're going to be like, you know what? That's my guy. Come on over here to our side, and then he's going to be good to go. I'm good. I'm, I'll take my nap. I'm my, going to call him Mike, sure. you, you're not supposed to give them. I mean, you swayed him before he answered. All right, don't talk to him before this one, Mike. Just All tell right. him. He needs to know, Jim. He needs to know what he's getting into. All right. So here's the one. And Mike, I know how you'd answer this one. So don't tell him. Anyway. All right, Preston, you have the option to be the first pick in the MLB draft next year. But the caveat to that is you have to cut loose all your friends. Or you could not be drafted at all, but you get to keep your friends. What are we doing? I'm playing ball. <laughs> Dude, I love it. That's two guests in a row. So we went from having 50 ball players in a row say that they would keep their friends to back-to-back ball players keeping it real, saying they're going to be the first pick. I mean, who in the world is going to turn down $10 million or $9 million, whatever it is, and your number one dream in your life? And, and, that, and that is actually when Daniel – because Daniel, when he's the host, he's the one that leads this game. And it's funny you said $9 million because last year he gave what the first pick made versus um, the last pick, and he says it was a 8 to $10 million difference. So, apparently, you, you know what it is. You pay attention because you said nine. So, yeah, that is the difference between being the first guy or the guy who doesn't. And listen, Preston, if they don't want you to make over $10 million, they're not, not your friends. They're not your friends. So you got to, hey, if they love you, they're okay with it. Can I get them back after I stop playing? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've never been asked that before, but I think once you stop playing, you can you can have them back. Just retire, Preston. Just retire when you feel like 
Man, I'm like messaging the boys right now. I can't believe I'm so excited. Back to back to back guests picked that answer. It took so long, man. Like it, we've literally had like 60 baseball players over the course of two years. Nobody took that. Preston, I'm so impressed. But uh, anyway, before we let you go, Preston, man, uh, is there anything you want to plug, promote, whether it's yourself, it's your team, um, how to fo- follow you on social media, um, any organizations that you may uh, you know, be near and dear to your heart, anything like that? Yeah, um, you know, you got my Instagram, uh, pjohnson underscore eight. Um, and, you know, with all this NIL stuff, we got a, a T-shirt company, you know, um, with cards and, you know, stickers and T-shirts, all that. You know, we even got uh, coffee mugs and stuff. Um, you can find that at prestonjohnson35.com. Um, you know, one thing that I, I guess I'll leave you with is, you know, even if we want you to come support the team this year, um, you know, last year was a good year, but, you know, it's something to build on, you know, for the years to come, um, whether you're a state fan or whether you're not. Um, we love to have everybody because, you know, packing the dude is something that, you know, is an experience of a lifetime. So it doesn't matter if you're a state fan or a baseball fan or anything, you know, just being there and being in the atmosphere, you got to – you can't help but love it and appreciate it. You know? Mike, Mike, I tell you what, man, Tennessee goes to the dude this year, man. It, I, if I if if my money's right and money's tight, I'm I'm gonna get you down here. All right, sound good? You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. And and just because I love Preston and it's my first time actually being able to speak with him, I'll tell you what. If it comes down to it, at the end of the day, I'll be getting my t-shirts from PrestonJohnson.com and I'll be repping it for sure. I'll be getting it out there and I'll be with Mississippi State. I gotta do it. I gotta be there for Preston. You know, it, you know. But, so- but but will you change if like you know you know God forbid I don't want it to happen to Preston. But what if Drew Gilbert gets a hold of him, does a little bat flip in Starkville? You gonna you gonna put on that orange shirt real quick? You know you know what it's gonna come down to Preston it, the hot dog comments. I'm gonna have to ask <laughs> Gilbert where he stands if he calls it a sandwich. Preston, I'm with you 110. percent No question about it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you, you can put the you can put the orange shirt on for just a little bit, but you, then you gotta take. Just a minute. I'll appreciate the flip, and then I'll go, all right, I got to go back. I got to go back to my guys, all right? Look, yeah, I, I got you covered, Mike. You know, when I go to these games where I don't know what to do, I wear the black and white in off the men's podcast shirt instead of, like, the, the team-oriented mm-hmm. one, so I keep myself neutral. So that's just what you got to do. It's, it's, it's honestly a smart game to play. It really is. When I go to White – Preston, I'm a Cubs fan, but I, the White Sox, if you follow them, they're great. I love watching good baseball. I'll go in my Bulls jersey. I'll go in my Bears jersey. Go. I'm not – I'm not starting no problems. I'm not trying to get jumped in the parking lot. So I just – I keep it neutral. It's the best way to go about it. That's the thing about Mississippi State. It don't matter what color jersey you got on. You're going to get fed. You're going to get drinks. You're going to get whatever you want. And you're oh, gonna but, hey, you know what? I got – hey, we supposed, to be in the, we supposed to be in the show, but I got to tell you that, Mike. Dude, so nobody cooks like Mississippi State does either out in Athens. They gave trays full of food to the Long Beach State players as they were exiting. that's hospitality bro you know I don't know I just know Preston whether it's in the MLB or whether it may be I do know at some point in your career you will be a recruiter for Mississippi State because you're you're selling me right now you're selling me I'm 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 kidding I'm getting a little towards the side I'm going to the dark side so maybe I'll have to rep it maybe I'll have to you know, go on fanatics. Just don't forget, time. Mike, that the next episode is Tennessee players, so you'll flip back next week. Listen, I'm, listen <laughs> we're, we're living in the now, Jim. Hey, Blake hey, Tid, Tidwell's on deck, Preston. He'll flip back. 
Oh yeah. no, I would never. <laughs> yeah, he is indeed. But man, Preston, we're gonna let you get to get back to doing college things, man, and get back to work. But we really appreciate having you. Man, I appreciate y'all letting me on the show and uh, hope y'all have a good one. God bless. Always a pleasure, man. All right, Mike. Well, another great episode with Preston Johnson. You like hearing his story or just hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's. Please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor, and as always, comments, ratings, and feedback is welcome. Next episode on deck is episode five with guest Peyton Harden of the Big Me State Baseball. This has been the In Off The Bench Podcast, and as always, strong body, sharp minds, green grind all the time. We're out.